welcome to the Reading for Success podcast brought to you by the Success League. This podcast focuses on books, articles, and other resources for customer success, provides an overview of each, and gives you an honest assessment of whether or not it's worth your time. Today is an exciting day for me. I'm delighted to welcome Mark Horseman, the author of The Effective Manager and the host of Manager Tools podcast to our show today. Mark, I'm so happy you agreed to talk about your book to me and thank you for your time. I am thrilled. I think you were probably talking about somebody else. You're so excited. I I'm, know I am I'm very just excited. as normal as you. <laughs> so tell me, why did you decide to write The Effective Manager? Okay, so that's kind of a bit of a long answer, but basically, Mike, my business partner, Mike Ozen and I, mm-hmm. the hosts of Manager Tools, the podcast, we yes. decided to do a podcast for free because it could be free, right? Mm-hmm. And, and podcasting was exploding at the time 15 years ago. But, but what happens is, I mean, everybody who start well, not everybody, but a lot of people started getting excited. We were yeah. amazed at the growth of the cast. We have millions of downloads every month now. Um, we've been downloaded over a quarter of a billion times, but in the last 15 years, but you know, the world is segmented and, yeah. and I, I mean, from within six months of the podcast, when we started getting tens of thousands of people downloading, like, where's your book? Where's your book? Where's your book? Yeah. And, and frankly, <laughs> I kind of, look, I knew a book could happen. And what most people don't realize is that for every one of our shows, to have the show, I have to write the show first. Our shows are all written in advance. You know, yeah. It doesn't sound like it. We're, we're ad-libbing it. But, but the purpose of that is so that if you don't want to listen to the show, you can license our work, download the notes of the show, and it reads uh-huh. like a white paper. So yeah. the book was essentially done. We started the podcast in, what, 2005. The book was essentially done in, in raw form by 2008, but it didn't come out until a few years ago. And, and uh, the reason it had to come out was because there are a lot of people who aren't going to listen to podcasts, right? I mean, in yeah. fact, if you told me before we ever started the podcast, hey, what's the best way to reach individual managers I would, in terms of professional development? I would mm-hmm. say, well, I'll answer that question by talking about what professional managers do. And I'll say they go to corporate training or they choose to go to, they identify some other training and the company agrees to pay or they buy books and books are are the cheapest. So, so it was just a way to reach a different audience. And obviously, as you know, it's the same exact topic that you can get in 30 of the podcast about rolling out the Trinity about, about one-on-ones and feedback and coaching and delegation. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's great. I I love it in both formats. I've really enjoyed listening to your podcast, and then I like yeah. having it all organized in the book too. So here's what's funny: I've never listened to anything more than two or three minutes of any one of our podcasts. Really? Oh because my goodness! Why would I? I think I sound yeah, terrible. You... I I'm, I already know what's <laughs> in it. I don't like my jokes, really. Not that I have very many jokes. Yeah, I don't. Um, but it's funny. Some people say I like the cast. Some people say I like the book. Some people say I love going back and forth between them, which, which you know, obviously our mission is to make every manager in the world effective. Yes. And, and so that then the question becomes, how can we reach as many managers as possible? Just an hour ago, I was on the phone with Kyrgyzstan. They want a, an effective manager training in Kyrgyzstan coming up in a couple of weeks. Oh, that's so, great. Yeah. I love your mission. Um, tell me, who do you see as the main audience for this particular book? 
Yeah, managers. N- okay, no, just no any manager? Yeah. Yeah, okay. the thing that I try to do, I, I mentioned this when we were chatting before the show, that that we try to make everything we do specific and actionable because mm-hmm. I used to read books that didn't really tell me what to do. And by the way, the reason for that is a very well-established, understood industrial, the book industry industrial principle, which is if you write a book, if you're a PhD or whatever, you're super smart, you're some successful consultant, you write a book that you hope would get in the hands of CEOs. So that CEO will hire your consulting firm to Mm -hmm. do some big engagement. Those books are not meant for individual managers in most cases. There are, there are some exceptions. So yes, it's for a manager, anybody who has somebody else who reports to them. Doesn't matter if you're in software, if you're in the government, academia, and in fact, you name the industry, I have delivered training for them and we have sold books to them because being a manager, oh, there are people who tell me all the time, oh, this is a, we're a VC company. We wouldn't need that. Or, oh, (laughs) we're the government or, oh, we're, or, you know, we're, I'm a principal at a high school, dude, you need it. Um, yeah. If you have people reporting to you, you have responsibilities. And I promise you, your company didn't teach you. They yeah. did not teach you the stuff. Nobody yeah. taught me. Yeah, so, no one taught me either. I, yeah. I read your book and I'm just like, oh, if I had just had this 20 years I ago. Know. Yeah. It, why isn't yeah. somebody doing this? That's why we're yeah. doing it because it just yeah. it aggravates us. Think about the, the young person who's smart and gifted and caring. And she does well in her job as an engineer or in software yeah. or in operations. And, and she gets a reward of getting promoted and they don't teach her anything. And suddenly yeah. she's miserable and she's doing her job poorly and she's a single mom and she's got a kid at home and, and she's worried about her job after having three good years before. I know. Starts and the company just lost a great yes, engineer. Exactly. <laughs> It's so it's yeah. so frustrating. Yeah. yeah. And and I, I see promise that all you, the time. as you know, as you know from reading yeah. the book and knowing the podcast, managing is not hard. It is not complex. It, when young managers look around and they see these senior people that appear to know what they're doing, I I promise you folks, those senior people don't know what they're doing. They yeah. just look cool, calm, and collected. There are some basic principles that if you'll just do them. And, and heck, it can't be complex or difficult to understand. Look at how many managers there are in the world. Oh, yeah. And, and that's what the book is designed to do. Just do these things in this order. Even if you only do them 80% well, it will, you, you have my guarantee that it'll transform your life as a manager or you can have your money back. Yeah. What do you think about this book for people who aspire to be a manager? I, I think it'd be great. Now, look, it's easy for me to say that. Like, oh, look, he just wants to sell. The guy. <laughs> uh, I, I, I look, if you don't want to spend whatever it costs for the book, then then you can find out what's in the book by listening to our podcast for yeah. free if you're a podcast listener. But I would think so. I certainly would have. I would have yeah. wanted to read it before I got before I got a team of soldiers when I was yes. graduated from the academy and, and became a lieutenant in the army. I would have wanted to know. Plus, I also think, like Kristen, if you were my boss and I was an mm-hmm. individual contributor and I looked up to you, it would be helpful for me to read something that helped me understand what your world was like. I would be able to ask you more intelligent questions. I might even be able to be make a better case for why I would be a good manager uh-huh. because I knew more about what managers do. I think most people look up at their bosses and they see the role power and that kind of obscures 
their ability to understand what the manager knows, what the manager does. And for a lot of managers, look, no offense. I, this sounds, I don't mean to be dismissive because I love managers and, and we give away all this stuff. Well, for free yeah. every week. <laughs> but, but I'll tell you, most managers don't know what they're doing. And yeah. I, I, what I would secretly love is for all of us to just lay that down. Let's just yeah. lay that burden down. You know, let, let, if you don't know what you're doing, reach out. We'll help you. It's free. Um, because if you're having a bad experience as a manager, so your people are having a bad experience too. And that's not fair to them. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think um, my personal mission inside of our customer success community mm-hmm. is to make as many good managers as I can because of the multiplier effect that has. Uh, yeah. It's, I would also I mean, say, yeah. I'm sorry, I'll say something else. I think some executives could use it too. Executives oh, yeah. think they get to a level where I no longer have to do manager things. I'm an executive. And that's no offense, that's crap. If you're an executive, if you're an EVP, you still have directs and you can't say, well, they're senior too, so I don't have to manage them. No, there's some stuff you need to be doing on trust building, on performance communication and so on. And, and executives sometimes are the worst managers because they think it's beneath them and that's not right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. That's not right. And yeah, I see not. it a lot. Yeah, so, you do. <laughs> so yeah. Do I. yeah. Um, it, what's your favorite part of the book? Oh gosh. Well, I'm not one of those people who says I, all my books are equal. They're like my children. Um, no, if you ask me, I, it's probably not the right marketing answer. My favorite part of the book is the last chapter. Okay. And the last chapter after finishing rolling out the Trinity, um, uh, and, and maybe also the first one where I talk about the things that people don't know about what they're supposed to do as a manager. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, usually people write in and say, oh my God, in the first chapter, I was blown away. I didn't know any of this stuff. But in the last chapter, I talk about love. Um, I thank a lot of people who have been clients of ours for years. And I make the case that the reason we're called manager tools, the reason we teach tools is because tools are teachable. Mm-hmm. I, can, I, can, I can equip you with things to do your job. But, but the real engine of a manager's success, and I would argue anybody's success, and, and many people are surprised to hear me say this because I come across as a pretty direct, no-nonsense kind of person <laughs> generally in my life. I'm known yeah. for that. But the real engine of all success is love. The love you have for your colleagues, the love you have for the work you do, and the love you have for the people who report to you as a manager. And, and uh, what, what I say is, um, do this with love. Do this with respect for the people who work for you. If you're yeah. one of those people who wants to be a manager for power, don't listen to me. Go talk yeah. to somebody else because, because it's, we talk about not the power of being a manager, but the responsibility of being a manager. Yeah. And, and so I make a case that if you really want to achieve some greatness, some, some real spiritual reward about about your life as a manager, you, you have to infuse the tools with love. And I, I can't tell you how many emails I get. I get 10 or 15 emails a week saying, I can't believe you talked about love in a book about management. And I said, do you, do you not think the greatest force in the history of mankind shouldn't have something to do with, with your job? And they said, no, no one's ever talked to them about that it can be, it can be emotionally rewarding. It can be fulfilling. Yeah. It can be, it can be, it can feel like a calling. And, and I would also hope that some of the people who are not yet managers see that, and that makes them feel a little bit better about stepping into the role that, mm-hmm. that they don't have to divorce themselves from that part of who they are. So 
I love it. Yeah, Last I think we we fail to uh, talk about emotions at work. Yeah, and it you know it does leave a big chunk yeah. out. So, yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. So in hindsight, is there anything you would have changed about the book? Absolutely everything. No, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I will say uh, one one critique of the book that I think is correct is the cha- the book is broken down into after the the first chapter, we talk about the basics of management. Then mm-hmm. I talk about the four parts of the Trinity, one-on-one feedback, coaching, yep. and delegation. And, and, and then after I talk about the tool, one-on-one feedback, mm-hmm. coaching, delegation, I then say, here's what you need to do to implement this. However, by the fourth time, you're talking about rolling out delegation or coaching. Um, you, you ought to know what to do. And so the last chapter before the last, last chapter is it's it's almost a stub. It's 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 very direct. Hey, have a meeting, brief yeah. your people, and then and then answer questions and then start coaching. And and some people have said I would have liked more. Now, in my mind, when I wrote the longer, I guess it's the next to last chapter. It, 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 when I wrote the longer one, I felt like I was preaching like anyone would know after I've had three chapters just like this, yeah. with the principle that you never do anything as a manager that you haven't briefed your people on that you're going to do. Don't yeah. ever change how you manage people without telling them. Cause the first thing they'll do is freak out. What, what am I mm-hmm. in trouble? And, and, and I wish I had taken, uh, I went from probably let's say 20 pages down to two pages and I should have gone from 20 to 10, maybe okay. I should have made it quite so short. So if you get yeah. to that chapter and you're kind of like you're left hanging, I, I'm sorry. And we have, <laughs> when we have 50 and we have 1500 podcasts. Yeah. Go listen to one of the many, many to. podcasts. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so what is your next big project? What are you working on now? Well, uh, so uh, I, I finished the effective hiring manager, which okay, is another yeah, I book. Saw that. It's, uh, it's very similar. It's about hiring, about how to structure your hiring process. Um, probably our well, if you ask me about manager tools, the biggest project we have is getting through COVID. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah so I mean, we... Tell me we, about that. What, how has yeah. that changed your business? So, so we try to be fairly uh, open kimono about our mm-hmm. business as a way to help people see that we, we eat our own dog food in the software language, which is to say we, we do one-on-one feedback, coaching, and delegation. Right. We follow the guidance. So we have a, a cast. It's one of my 10 favorite casts that we've ever done called Race Don't Chase. Okay. And the idea behind Race Don't Chase is if you're, um, and if you haven't heard it, Kristen, and you listen I'm to gonna it. I'm going to go be, listen to that. You and will love it. I will I also would, link to it in the podcast. Yeah, good. So, okay. so when COVID hit, <clears throat> if, if your listeners don't know, Race Don't Chase is a well-regarded, widely understood widely, but limited, um, understood principle that when the economy, when your industry, when the market turns at the top, mm-hmm. as, as it clearly did, and it went straight yeah. down, right? <laughs> what you're supposed to do is with your, think about revenues and costs going up in a good market. The moment revenues turn and start going south, what too many companies do is they let their costs climb for a couple of more months okay. and then their costs chase their revenues down to the bottom. And in every month that the market is, is headed south, they are losing money. Mm-hmm. Race don't chase is a technique that CEOs and CFOs know that the moment you think the market is headed south, you race 
your revenues with your costs by cutting your costs very hard, very hard. And early. Yes. So that during the downturn, you can eke out a small profit. And, and the idea from a, from a large capitally funded organization is at the bottom of the market, when everybody else has spent months, uh, mm-hmm. in this case, many, many months, uh, losing money and essentially worrying about their safety, if you have eked out a profit or broken even for many, many months, you will have capital at the bottom of the market when other people are selling assets to stay in business. Yeah. You know, in our case, you know, March, the middle of March hit. And of course, we, we know race don't chase. We taught yeah. it. And, and, and so Mike and I cut all of our expenses except employees. We said, you know, we turned off people's American Express cards. Mm-hmm. We said, you know, and, and we didn't mean to be disrespectful to them. We said, this is it. It's just like yeah. that movie Margin Call. This is the moment <laughs> we have been preparing for, and we can get through this if we are incredibly disciplined. So yeah. we cut out everything. Well, like, for instance, if you work for us and you want to buy a book, we'll pay for the book because we believe yeah. in learning. Um, uh, you know, we, we got rid of all of our, we had significant air travel planned, hundreds of thousands oh, yeah. of dollars worth of air travel. Yeah. We cut all that and got all that money back. Um, we cut expenses on everything except our team of people. And, and then we said, okay, now we need to figure out revenue because we're about a $6 million firm. About mm-hmm. 2 million comes from clients, about 2 million comes from public events, and about 2 million comes from digital products, largely mm-hmm. licenses. Well, the public conferences and the client went away. So our two thirds of our yeah. revenue disappeared. And so we had to say, okay, how can we recapture client and public events? And we created virtual events that match our mm-hmm normal public events. And so we have been, it's hard to say profitable, but, but we have been eking out a small profit. Uh, and, and luckily for us, full disclosure, Mike and I are very conservative. So we had been, uh, we're an LLC. So mm-hmm. we had been saving money for events like this. Yeah. Most people, most people, it's not the, the crisis that hurts them. It's their lack of preparation for the crisis in advance. Yeah. We tell every executive, every professional, every manager, every individual contributor, have six months of your salary in the bank so that if mm-hmm. your company a leadership does something stupid and a, you get laid off and a no fault of your own, you can have a normal, reasonable, unfearful job search because you've saved yeah. and that yeah. means that means you can't buy the latest iPhone. You can't mean you, you don't buy the latest car. You don't max out your credit cards. You live small. Yeah. And trust me, you'll thank me when you're 40 or 50. And so we just, <laughs> we cut everything out and then we came up with virtual Good. products. And so, so to us, that's the big thing. Um, we have, um, there will be a couple of more products coming out. We're going to, um, We've got a couple of more virtual trainings that we're going to provide to people. And we launched those, and they're, the, the prices are less because you don't, we don't have to travel yeah. and so on. Um, and all I see, I mean, look, I, I'm no expert. I'm not the chairman of the Fed. The Fed is a client of ours, yeah. but, but I'm not the chairman. But I, I, me and Bill Gates are in environmental agreement. 20, nothing, the, the economy will not be moving well again until 2022. So right. what that means is we have to keep our expenses rock bottom for the next year yeah. or so. Yeah. yeah. That's our big project right now. I have a COVID-related side question, sure. if you don't mind. Yeah, um, absolutely. One thing I've noticed during COVID is that um, the companies we work with, the managers 
management skills have been pressure tested through yes. COVID yeah. by people, everybody working from home. Are yeah. you seeing trends yeah. in that area too? Yeah. And, and what does that look like to you guys? Yeah. So, so when the, when working from home first happened, Wall Street Journal, New York Times says, oh, isn't this great? There appears to be productivity increases and so on. <laughs> and I, I told everybody I, in my daily newsletter, I said, no, they're wrong. They're wrong. Just, just so you know, they're wrong. Productivity will change. The reason for that was because if you take an individual, individual contributor, a software developer, a customer service representative, whatever, and you put them working on their own, yeah. there is a small percentage of them that miss the camaraderie. But the majority of them, individual contributors now, mm -hmm. productivity will go up. Mm -hmm. okay? However, that is generally on small individual tasks. You know, I'm answering the phones. I'm, I'm fulfilling orders. I'm checking on operations and logistics. I'm a logistics coordinator, for instance, but I'm not a manager. The problem is, sooner or later, what the, the bill gets paid. And managing is much harder remotely, mm -hmm. much, much harder. And part of that is because we're humans and mm -hmm. we, uh, I'm much more likely to trust you if I know you and I'm much more likely to have seen you if I know you. And you can complain about that all you want. There are software people who say, oh, people shouldn't care that they don't know the other person. Yes, well, unfortunately, humanity outranks you. Your yeah. interest in being on a computer screen all day and the fact that you're not naturally a people person doesn't change the fact that humanity's history yeah. is, I need to know you to trust you, and that means I need to communicate with you and so on. So so then about I, I told everybody in my newsletter, I said, like, in three or four months, you're going to hear this thing about, hey, working from home isn't that great. Well, for one mm -hmm. thing, there are plenty of people who don't get to work from home that are physically right. tied to yeah. their jobs, the frontline workers. But the second thing is, at some point, you need to start, you need to continue all of those projects that involve multiple people in multiple uh, mm -hmm. uh, divisions of the company and so on. And that's a management challenge. And you can't have face-to-face -face meetings and you don't have random uh, hallway conversations and so mm -hmm. on. So yes, it is, it is stretch managers to the limit. Many managers are failing. Mm -hmm. uh, we now have a new product. It's called the Virtual Effective Remote Manager. Oh, now, cool. to, be, to be fair, it is based on how to implement our Trinity remotely. Mm -hmm. But the, like the first couple of slides in the deck talk about how much harder it is. And we actually, I mean, because Mike and I are engineers, Manager Tools is built on the database of data of managers that I, my previous company, that I sold 16 years ago with the, the, the data that we developed and the data says, uh, and, and there's a famous thing called the Allen curve, which you should tell your audience about the Allen curve, which is, um, a, a guy at, um, I want to say it's MIT discovered that, uh, communication between a manager and a direct, uh, if you are more than 50 meters from your manager, the amount of communication you engage in is essentially equivalent to if you're in a different zip code. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's interesting. And, 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 and by the way, uh, a floor, uh, a floor difference, if you're on the 10th floor and I'm on the 11th oh, floor, if you're my yeah. boss and you're on a different floor, it's not the 10 meters between us this way. No. It's the 10, it's the 100 the meters I have to take to go to the <laughs> elevator or the stairs. So, yeah. so and, and all it does is prove what, what we all know at some level, but we think that organizations 
magically solve for the problem of distance and trust and relationships and take it from me. I'm not a, tr- I'm not a relationship guy. I don't naturally love people. I'm an engineer. I'm kind of a, a crusty guy, but I'll tell you what I've learned. If you want to be a good manager, you're going to have to build trust. And if you're going to build trust, you're going to have to communicate. And the further people are away from you, zoom or not, you're yeah. going to have, you're going to have a harder time to communicate. So yeah, managers need help. Um, and too many of them think, well, I can't talk to my people because of Zoom. Well, one of the things we suggest is, okay, you should be having daily stand-ups. Yeah. Right? Now, of course, there are people out there that say, oh, my people don't have time for that. Yes, they do. It's five or 10 minutes yeah. long. Get everybody on Zoom, same time every morning. Yes, there are times when one person can't be there and so on, but it's just five or two minutes. Go around the team. What are you working on today? What are your problems? What do you need help with? Yeah. What did you get done yesterday? We're, we're borrowing that from Agile. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and, and it works. We're also recommending that we also recommend that managers have, um, uh, what amounts to, uh, open time on their calendar and they let their team know, Hey, every day I'm going to have a half an hour. I'll let you know when it is two to two 30, three to three 30, different times at different days. And during that time, I promise you, I will be at my desk and available. If you want to ping me, another thing you got to do is you've got to, you you, 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 you have to call people. Now, look, one of the downsides of the Zoom world we live in, Kristen, is that the uh, Zoom is not a phone. Uh, there, is a, there is the ability to, to make calls on Skype and so on. But, but people don't realize how you, you don't, we, we spend so much time on Zoom, people don't realize it's not a phone. You can't just ring them. Um, you have to set up a Zoom room, right? And so we tell managers, you, you've, you've got to, call people and, and, or leave your zoom window open and on while you're doing mail. So your team can essentially ping in, turn off your waiting room and ping in and say, Hey, I boss, I need you for five minutes. The same thing that you would have done if you were my boss and I see you sitting at your desk and I poke my head in and say, do you have a minute? Boss? Yeah. Say, yeah. And we get together and, and solve a problem. If you're yeah. not doing that, I'm, I'm not suggesting that that one interaction is magical. But the absence of 30 of those interactions over the course of a month yeah. starts to degrade the relationship. And if relationships yeah. degrade, trust degrades. And if trust degrades, everything I know about management, if trust degrades, performance degrades. It's immediate. Yeah. Guaranteed. Mark, so you shouldn't ask so... questions like that. I talk forever. No, no. I was just going to say, I, I wish I could stay here and talk to you for like another yeah. two hours about this. Um, <laughs> I know you have stuff to do and I have to jump to a call. Um, yeah. But I, I so appreciate you um, being a part of this podcast. It means a lot. And um, I've been so excited doing this podcast because basically every author I've called has been like, yeah, I'll come on the show, yeah, which always amazes me. So yeah. thank you. I appreciate your time today and, and all of your really good advice. Yeah. And I love that you let me sneak that COVID question in at the end. Yeah. Kristen, you. feel free if you want me to come back again, if there's, you know, I'm happy to do it. I'd love Oh, that's great. great. Awesome. Thanks, well, thank Kristen. you so much. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. And I hope you'll join Reading for Success next time.